Well, uh, before we pray, I want to introduce to you a good friend of mine, Horace Tipton. He is Dean Horace Tipton. So he is my dean. So you say, what in the world is a dean? Well, this is another Anglican term. Um, our, we are part of a diocese, the Diocese of the South, and we break up our diocese into the little groups that are geographically much closer to each other. Uh, we call those deaneries. And so uh, each deanery is led by a dean. And so uh, I get to call Horace with questions like, uh, Who can bless houses again for house blessings like I did the other day? Uh, But I'm just extremely grateful for for Horace and for Anne and um, all that they have done to encourage us here at Mission St. James. And he offered a couple months ago to to help me out and, um, and preach. We didn't count on there being a snowstorm on the way. So if you see Horace looking at his phone and duck out after the sur- after preaching, <laughs> it's probably because he needs to get back to Marion, Arkansas, where he and Ann live. So um, we're just so thankful. Thank you, Dean Horace, for coming out. If I could uh, maybe pray and uh, turn it over to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word, and we thank you for the gift of your church. And we pray now that you would bless Horace as he comes and preaches your word to us. Uh, Father, may uh, may you speak to each one of us uh, through your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, my wife says I don't listen very well. She says, I have what she calls selective hearing, meaning I I hear what I want to hear when I want to hear it. You know, personally, personally, I have no idea what she's talking about when she says that to me. You know, when she says stuff like that, it just goes in one ear and, and out the other. I don't get it. All kidding aside... Communication, well, it, it's, it, it's one of the primary subjects I talk about with young folks uh, when I'm doing premarital counseling. I, I start with communication, and I carry it through every lesson I teach, whether it's on finance or role-playing or marriage expectations or whatever. We practice what we call active communication or active listening. And <clears throat> it's up to each uh, 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 person, it's up to each party to, to practice that, to be attentive, to, to face forward when the other person is speaking. Face forward, don't cross your arms and show your listening. Show your listening. Be attentive. Pay attention. Put your phone down. Turn the TV off. Close your book. And show your spouse that you care. Now, I'm sure a lot of people here, not everybody, I can look at the age, but a lot of people here know the 1960s song by Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence. And in the naked light, I saw 10,000 people, maybe more, People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People writing songs 
that voices never share. No one dared disturb the sound of silence. Fool, said I, you do not know. Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words, like silent raindrops fell and echoed in the wells of silence. You know, for two Jewish boys from Queens, New York, who say they are non-religious, they seem to have a tremendous prophetic insight into the human condition. We hear but we don't listen. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. If that doesn't sound like something God might say, I don't know what does. The fact is we have become a society that has more means of communication than ever before, but we are completely self-absorbed with it. We hear, but we do not listen to our spouses, to our fellow man, or even to God himself. If we would only listen to God, then he will indeed make himself manifest to us. He will reach us. Now when the prophet Samuel was a boy, he too could hear God's call. But he couldn't listen, at least not without a little help. Let me read to you from the, let's see, the third chapter of 1 Samuel, beginning at the fourth verse. It said, then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again. The third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Would you all please pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, that we might hear you speak all for the glory of your name. And may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Now, in 
this passage from 1 Samuel. Note that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no frequent visions. The word and visions were two ways God spoke to his prophets at the time. But they were not happening during this period of Israel's life, meaning that Israel is in dire need of prophetic direction from the Lord because no one is listening. Boy, sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? No one is listening, but here we are introduced to the boy Samuel who is serving the chief priest, Eli. As he lies in the temple of the Lord, and the text reads, the lamp had not yet gone out. Now, both the ark and the lamp signify the presence of the Lord. So if God is going to speak, it is going to be here and now while the lamp is still lit before the dawn breaks. And sure enough, Samuel hears his name when it's called. But mistakenly, he runs to Eli who says, I didn't say anything to you. Go back to bed. But it happens again and again. And Samuel hears, but he is not listening. And Eli at first, he, he doesn't seem to care at first. He seems annoyed but after three times, Eli perceives that the Lord is calling Samuel. And he says to him, if this happens again, you must stay in your bed and say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And sure enough, Samuel obeys when he hears the Lord again. And the Lord makes himself known to Samuel. By giving him a prophetic word about Israel. Now, now, first, this passage is oozing with irony. As there in the presence of the Lord, where he would speak, if he is going to speak anywhere at all, Israel's soon-to-be prophet hears but is not listening. But rather has to be told by a third party, so that he may hear the Lord clearly. Thankfully, Samuel's heart is open, and he receives the word of the Lord. And the text concludes, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, Samuel was always going to pay attention to God's word from now on. So we have to ask ourselves, are we listening to the word of the Lord? Do we hear when God speaks to us? Because I promise you that if you do go to church or pray or read your Bible, then God does speak to you. But are you Hearing without listening? Does it go in one ear and out the other? Now, there are a couple of lessons we can learn from this passage. And one is that God sometimes speak to us, speaks to us through third parties. Just like Samuel needed Eli so that he could listen to God's voice. 
So don't be surprised if another is appointed to allow you to hear God. Now, this can come in the form of a teacher, and and there are many, many teachers and pupils throughout the Bible. Moses mentored Joshua, Elijah taught Elisha, Paul taught Timothy. However, none of this teaching would be possible unless a pupil is willing. He's willing to listen, to understand, to receive the teacher's message. Samuel is willing to listen to receive God's word. And this brings me to my second point that we can learn from this passage. Sometimes the Lord will tell you what you might not want to hear. This passage is interesting because both Eli and Samuel hear from each other God's word. While Samuel merely has to have his ears opened by Eli, Eli hears God's rebuke from Samuel. The Lord says through Samuel, On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. You see, Eli has committed a sin of omission for not rebuking his worthless sons. Thankfully, Eli knows that because God is speaking to him, that it is for the best. And he replies, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Even though Eli is hearing what he doesn't want to hear, his heart is nonetheless open because he recognizes that the Lord has spoken. And this brings me to my final point and to our our gospel reading for today. In order to be able to listen, our hearts indeed must be open just like Nathaniel's. At the beginning of this story, Nathaniel is, is downright contemptuous at the mere thought of Jesus. How can anything good come from Nazareth? He exclaims. Now, Philip was wise enough to realize that he wasn't going to convince Nathaniel of anything. All he said to him was, come and see Now, when we encounter Jesus and he speaks to us, our hearts must be open. Jesus tells Nathanael that he saw him under the fig tree. Now, we really have no idea what event this is referencing. But the TV series, The Chosen, have any of y'all seen The Chosen? The Chosen takes some poetic license and speculates that Nathaniel is crying out to the Lord in desperation under a fig tree. And that Jesus not only heard him, but he saw him as well. And Nathaniel absolutely loses it. He says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. 
not only does he recognize him as teacher, but also as the Messiah. God has been made manifest through his word and in Nathanael's heart. But had Nathanael not been seeking the Lord, desiring to find his Messiah, this would have never, ever happened. But thankfully, his heart was opened. So finally, I want to conclude by saying that the Lord does indeed speak to those who seek him. He may not tell you what you want to hear, but he is God and you are not. So he knows best. But do know this. He loves you regardless. So don't merely hear his word. Listen to it. And please have an open heart to our Lord Jesus. And you too will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.